Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the debrief from the business of fashion, where each week we go deep on our most popular BOF professional stories with the correspondents who created them. I'm Lauren Sherman. Big spenders have always been treated well by luxury brands. The top tier clients often generate the majority of sales. For instance, at e-commerce site MyTeresa, 3% of customers make up 30% of the business. But the game of attracting very important clients, or VICs, has kicked into high gear for fashion brands, with wealthy shoppers hungry for both special products and elaborate experiences post-COVID. What are the tactics they're using to keep things interesting? Today, I'm joined by correspondent Javi Lieber, who did a deep dive on how brands are courting the 1%. Tell me what brought you to the story. What was happening in the world that you thought we need to look into this right now? So this story came to me during New York Fashion Week over this past winter, actually at the Markarian show. Markarian is a fashion brand. The designer became really popular for dressing the Bidens. So I went to their show and, you know, everyone always says like people watching is the best at New York Fashion Week. And I was sitting there waiting for the show to start and just looking around and trying to figure out like, who are all of these people? You know, I recognized some celebrities and influencers and other fashion press, but a lot of people that were there were actually private clients of Markarian. The designer, Ali, she has like a pretty extensive list of private clients who shop directly with her and go to her showroom. And actually at that show, as fate would have it, I was sat next to this stylist. His name is Nolan Meter. He has a long list of clientele and he actually dresses a lot of VICs or very important clients. And he was sort of telling me, you know, that he's connected with high net worth individuals. Some of them, have, you know, have big followings, but most of his clientele are super secretive and don't really have a big social media presence. And he helps them get dressed and pick out their closets. He also works with Candace Bushnell, who is the author for Sex in the City, which has helped him become a little bit more visible. But most of his work is actually with really, really wealthy shoppers in the U.S., who skew a bit older. And I thought that was super, super interesting. And he was just telling me about all that outsized activity and experiences that these brands do to court his clients. And then a few weeks later, we had gotten back in touch and was right around the time of the Alexander McQueen show in New York City. And that was VIP experience next level. Alexander McQueen had staged this show in Brooklyn and they had flown a whole bunch of their top clients out to New York, put them up in hotels. In addition to dinners and museum experiences, they had also booked a private fashion show for their top clients to see and then basically order 
the collection. And when I heard that topped with what Nolan was telling me with, you know, just an uptick in VIP experiences, specifically in the US, I thought this is super interesting. I know that clienteling is important in luxury and has been around for a while, but I felt like really now there's something happening and I really, really wanted to dive in and explore. This is literally how fashion started. So if you think of couture in the 1800s or whatever, it's custom one-offs. A lot of the stuff isn't one-offs, but it is special order or what have you. And it's always been a very big priority for the top fashion brands and also the smaller brands where, like you mentioned, Macari, and a lot of that business is driven by private client. So what did you pinpoint as being the thing that is making this sort of blow up even further right now? There are a few things that are happening right now. The first is that there is this outsized focus on the United States specifically. So when you think about the luxury market, you know, historically, luxury has always looked to the Middle East and to China as the big spenders. That actually is shifting now. And the U.S. luxury consumer has become the most important. So just to give you some data that I pulled from Bain, the U.S. now makes up 30% of the total personal luxury goods market and is the largest country for luxury, followed by mainland China. And consider that in 2018, it was only at 27%. So the U.S. is really, really growing as the luxury market. So a lot of brands are realizing that the big spenders, you know, they might be in other countries, but they are increasingly in the United States. So a lot of these brands want to poach big shoppers for the shoppers that are spending, you know, sort of like keep them loyal, keep them in their circles and keep them spending. The other thing that it's important to note here is what's happening in China with COVID and the lockdowns. They can't really rely on the big spenders there because of everything that's happening with restrictions and going out and spending in decline. Everyone is really relying on the U.S. for spend. We should note that the U.S. has always been the leading market for luxury. China has surpassed it for fashion overall, but the U.S. has been the leading market for luxury probably as long as Bain has been tracking it. But the interesting thing that has happened during this time is a lot of those consumers who would be spending stuff on experiences or what have you started spending more and more on products. And so it sounds like from your story that it's a combination of they are still spending a lot on clothing and things, but then also they want these experiences. So a My Teresa, for instance, will host a dinner for clients who love Dolce & Gabbana or what have you in Miami. They did something like that, right? And so it's that combo of creating the fun experience, plus they're still interested in buying more stuff because they did well in the stock market during the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of these brands are realizing that experiences really matter to shoppers now, especially post-COVID. Everybody's hungry for experiences. People want to get out. People want to get dressed up. So a lot of this is sort of engaging the customer and making them feel special, making them feel seen. One thing I wanted to add about what's happening in the U.S. market right now, which is when I had been speaking to high-profile clients, it was really, really interesting to see how the geography for luxury is changing. Uh, this is something that I've reported on a lot, and you've seen stories about it on Business of Fashion as well, which is that luxury is really exploding in second-tier cities. There's a lot of new money coming in from wealth from tech and crypto and other sectors. And rather than, you know, eyeing coastal cities like New York or Los Angeles, a lot of luxury brands are now flocking to Florida and Texas. So you have Miami, Palm Beach, Naples, Austin, Houston, 
Dallas, all these cities have seen in mass migration of tech employees and young families who fled during the pandemic for bigger spaces. So the spending demographic in the U.S. is changing because of this distribution of wealth. And a lot of these luxury brands are now seeing that like the big spenders are in these cities. So what I had noticed was with Saks Fifth Avenue, with Neiman Marcus, with My Teresa, a lot of their private VIP experiences where they're hosting, you know, really chic dinners and private cocktail parties and store openings where shoppers could come in before anyone else and buy collections. Like all of that is happening in Florida and Texas because everybody wants to capitalize on these big spenders, bring them into their corner, and then basically have outsized ROI with the big spenders. Yeah, it's interesting because once again, like Houston, Dallas, Miami have always been the Sunbelt. A former fashion director of a department store said to me once, if you can make it in the Sunbelt, you can make it anywhere because people buy full price there. But it's interesting because it's all like supercharged because as you said, all these younger families are moving there or to Palm Beach or the Hamptons where they were vacationing. And now these sort of secondary tertiary vacation cities even are becoming these supercharged areas for potential growth. They were always sort of behind the scenes powering things, but now it's come to fruition. And it was really fascinating to see it play out in your piece. So first of all, they call these customers VIC, very important clients, because VIPs, I think, tend to be in luxury world speak referring to celebrities. So these are VICs. How do luxury brands find and recruit these VICs? And, you know, how is it different than what they may have done in the past, which is someone comes into the store, you get their phone number, you build a relationship. I'm sure it's much more complex now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it still starts at the store. That's where they're finding a lot of new VICs where somebody will come in and a store associate will notice that they are really spending a lot of money. And it's not just that they're buying shoes or handbags, they're also buying clothing and a lot of it. So they notice that the spend and the, the products that they're actually buying indicate that they are a VIC. But the stylist, Nolan, who I had interviewed, and also Gab Waller, who is a fashion stylist originally from Australia, who moved to LA, she said a lot of this just comes from connections and word of mouth. So sometimes a VIC comes from a family member or a friend connection and basically just trying to get into the network of very, very wealthy people and finding you know where they shop, bringing them into the fold for a luxury brand. What I thought was really, really interesting about the strategy here with a, a quote unquote VIC was, first of all, learning the different layers. You know, a brand will have Gucci, Fendi, Saks, Neiman, Chanel, Hermes, all of them have lists of their top spenders. And there are levels here. The top, top spenders, those are the ones that they're really going to treat the best with experiences and just like wild getaways. But then for the mid and lower ones, they're tracking the spend and the experiences and the whining and dining is not necessarily as lavish. And one thing that I was trying to understand when I was tracking who the VIP shopper is and where they live, what do they look like, what is their age, what do they do, and so on, what I had found was what's happening now is there's this weird intersection of VIC and influencer. Some of the people that I had interviewed on the record and also on background had big social media followings and were kind of like really excited to have these big splashy Instagram moments where they could show off that they had a big experience with Gucci. And then others were really, really private. What you're seeing right now is the waters are sort of muddying. There's this intersection of influencers and VIC. There is both. There are 
private clients who have big followings. I mean, one of them I interviewed was Christine Chu, uh, who's a star from Netflix, The Bling Empire. I also interviewed another VIC for Gucci. Her name is Akila Aga. She lives in London and she is a top client for Gucci and has done tons of amazing Gucci experiences. And Gucci works really, really hard to keep her happy and keep her in their circles. And she told me they feel like family to her, which I thought was so interesting. We're going to hear from Akila now. They are more interested in the person, so us, and keeping a relationship with, with us, regardless of whether we buy or not. Because one season we can buy loads. Uh, one season we may not buy anything. So the last fashion show, I didn't buy anything. I think just two, two bits. But this one I really liked. And the Aria one I loved, and I bought nearly the whole collection. So for me, it's not about how much I buy. And going to all these events, um, there was one other event that we went to, the Shoreditch pop-up, where um, I actually met Marco Pizzari for the first time there and some of the presidents as well. And it was great. It's about building the relationship and getting to know. And that's why I call it a family. I think it's so important that... I come across and tell you that I feel as though I'm part of the Gucci family. They don't treat me as a Gucci client, VIP or whatever you want to call it. They treat me as a member of... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Their family. So Javi, let's talk a bit about the specific. You mentioned that some of the events are more... Quiet, some are very big and splashy. I want to hear about the big and splashy ones. What are some of the things that these companies have done to keep these customers happy and engaged? Oh my gosh. I mean, well, when you have endless budgets, like a luxury brand, there's so much that you can do. One thing that basically everybody had told me, I'm thinking of a specific quote that Isabel May from My Teresa had given me. She said that what they are looking to give VICs is an experience that money can't buy, right? So if you think about high net worth individuals, they have access to basically everything, right? The endless amounts of money that they can spend. But what they really want is access to really important people or exclusive events. And honestly, like the fashion industry, which is, you know, sort of hard to crack if you aren't necessarily in it. So one thing that I kept hearing is brands will take them to really exclusive events like the Cannes Film Festival, to the Oscars, to Wimbledon. 
I had spoken to Christine Chu and she told me that she was going to the Cannes Film Festival with Chopard. So it was like a multi-day event where she was going to, you know, go on the red carpet and go to movie premieres, but also stay in a really, really fancy hotel and eat in the best restaurants in their region, all on Chopard's dime. And that is pretty much standard for this type of world. If you think about what Gucci does to appeal to their VICs. You know, these are people that are, like I said, are buying tons of Gucci product and not just shoes and handbags, but they're buying entire clothing collections. And Gucci wants to keep them happy and make them feel like they are involved as much as they can in the brand. So Gucci has taken them on private tours of Gucci gardens in Florence. They've put them up in hotels. They've actually hosted really intimate dinners with the CEO of Gucci and with the CEO of Caring. Some have had access to Alessandro, the creative director for Gucci. They actually told me, which I thought was kind of mind-blowing, was that Gucci held a private screening for the Gucci movie in a hotel and they invited their VICs to the suite where they had this private screening of the movie. Like really, really fun, beautiful experiences. My Teresa just had an incredible, well, it looked incredible from photos and from uh, the reporting that I saw. They took some of their top VICs out to an island in Italy and had, you know, three days of La Dolce Vita where there was yoga and sun tanning and dinner with Pucci for their new collection. So really it's about whining and dining and amazing glamorous experiences. But again, these are wealthy shoppers that can buy a hotel room anywhere at any time. So it's really about the access to a designer and sort of keeping them in the inner rings of the fashion world so that they feel seen and appreciated. And then obviously it leads back to more sales. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. When I first started writing BOF, it was out of pure passion for this industry and with an eye to how the disruptive forces of digitization, globalization, and consumer shifts would change the way fashion works. 15 years later, we are well on our way to helping to define the fashion business of the future. As I travel the world, some of you ask me, what's the best way to support BOF as we continue to act as your guide during these turbulent times? The best way to support BOF is to support our journalism by joining BOF Professional, the largest community of fashion professionals in the world. A BOF Professional membership gives you access to our agenda-setting insights and analysis, which you won't find anywhere else, plus the opportunity to learn from our talented team of correspondents and editors, as well as our wider network of the fashion industry's leading creatives, thinkers, and futurists. Follow the link in the episode notes to learn more. So speaking of sales, I've witnessed this going to appointments, previews at the showroom or other venues that these luxury brands have of VIP customers coming in the next day after the show and placing their orders. How much money are a lot of these people spending per brand a year? This was a really tricky part of the story to report because first of all, you, it's, it, it's a little uncomfortable asking people how much they spend and what they spend. I will tell you that a few people that I had spoken to on background who were VICs with Dior had told me that they typically spend about $100,000 a year with Dior. But that seems like it is the lower end. Actually, a VIC with my Teresa, quote, spends high seven figures. So we're talking a lot of money. 
And if you think about a couture client, which I'm sure a lot of these VICs are also couture clients, a couture dress could cost $100,000. So these people are probably spending one, $2 million a year on clothing. Yeah, exactly. Impressive. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, it was really, really fun and also very humbling to talk to people with this type of spending money and, you know, hear what they like to buy and what interests them. I think it's important to note that part of the interesting world of VICs are the people who make it all happen. And those are the VIC ambassadors, the private client teams at these luxury brands. I was talking to Christine Chu for this story, and she was saying how she wouldn't name the brand, but she said one brand store associate who she'd been working with on the VIC experience was like really forthcoming about spending and seemed like a little pushy. And she said it was very off-putting. And that is what I learned across the board with all of these brands is that there's this really delicate dance that these luxury brands have to do. They are relying on these private clients to fuel much of their business. And the spend has to be there. And of course, that is why they are rolling out the red carpet and putting them up in five-star hotels and, you know, lavishing them with amazing trips. But on the other hand, they can't turn around and say, okay, now pay up. So there's expectations, but it has to be handled really, really delicately and really, really diplomatically. And hiring the right people to handle this is crucial. And, you know, it sounds like you really, really have to have incredible communication skills and also understand your client and, you know, how you would sort of promote a product and get them to shop without making it feel like QVC. Yeah, it's a real hustle, but a a subtle hustle. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and when I was trying to infiltrate the VIC teams and understandably, most, if not all luxury brands are really, really private about this stuff. They, you know, they didn't really want to give me access to the teams. But, you know, I just did like a quick comb of the web while I was pulling together my story for job openings. And a lot of brands are actually hiring for this, which was, I think is like another indication that it's sort of kicking up, you know, Louis Vuitton, Farfetch, Stadium Goods, Dior, they're all hiring private client managers. And if I had to guess, I would say a lot of them are going to be focusing on second tier cities and also on the changing demographic of the private client from being, you know, less of like your Bergdorf Goodman ladies who lunch type of client and turning more to the next generation who are going to be fueling luxury spending. Yeah. So looking ahead, one of the things we're talking about in the U.S. market is potential slowdown. The stock market obviously isn't doing well. A lot of this new wealth has crashed in the last couple months because of what's going on with crypto and NFTs and all that stuff. Not to say they were not going to be able to regain it, or and many of them are still doing very, very well. But the point being that you know the middle class in the U.S. actually did help with this uptick in luxury sales here. They had savings. They were spending money on luxury goods trading up because they had a little extra cash if they were able to keep their jobs during COVID, essentially. But that group of people, which luxury brands really rely on for top-line growth, their bread and butter are these top clients, essentially. I think most brands, and you had a great stat from my Teresa, but most brands, it's like 80% of their sales come from 20% of customers. But what was the my Teresa stat? She said 3% of my Teresa's top customers make up 30% of its business. But how do you see this evolving as you know, we enter a more difficult time in the U.S. in particular. It's been 
booming, but now things, inflation, things are looking a little more stressed. How do you see these brands sort of evolving the VIC relationship to make up for the fact that maybe the entry-level customer is going to hold off for a while? Yeah, I think exactly like you said, if the entry-level customer does hold off, the VIC customer is going to be more important than ever before. And I think that luxury brands are sort of forecasting and looking around the country, figuring out which pockets of wealth they're going to concentrate on. And like I said before, there's a lot of interest in tech and cryptocurrency and new wealth. But something that I had learned in my reporting, you know, talking to some other fashion sources, specifically Mario Abad from Paper Magazine was somebody that I had spoke to for this story because he is very involved in the world of VIC shoppers. He's profiled a few, he's shadowed them. And he was telling me that really the main objective for these luxury brands is to find society people. And when we talk about society people, I mean, and he means really, really wealthy families, people who fund museums and art centers and are huge philanthropists and give money away to all sorts of institutions and are just really, really visible in American society and the arts. These are the luxury brands, bread and butter. And I say that because while cryptocurrency and tech wealth, like it's going to come and go, but the really, really top echelon of American wealth, these are people, like I said, in, in Texas and Florida and so on, like they have money in pharmaceuticals, in oil and in industries which are way less volatile and the money is going to come in and it's going to be reliable. So at the end of the day, I think that luxury brands are going to be looking to crypto and tech, but they're also going to be looking at the younger generations of uber wealthy families, the Gen Z and the millennials of the offspring of super, super wealthy museum ladies that you know, who are attending all these charity galas. And those people are the future. And like I said, a lot of these people, you can, you know, you can follow them on Instagram. Now they have big followings and they probably, um, you know, are probably less private than their parents, but they are definitely going to become really, really important for the luxury VIC world. Yeah, they're investing in new money, but maintaining the old money relationships. Javi, thank you so much for taking the time. This was such a fun story. You did such a great job, and I'm glad we got to discuss it. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. You've been listening to The Debrief, produced and edited by Emma Clark, Kate Barton, and Eric Bria in the BOF studio. I'm Lauren Sherman, and I'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can join BOF Professional today with an exclusive 25% discount on an annual membership covering key industry topics from sustainability to technology to marketing with access to our case studies, live events, and iOS app. To get this special offer and benefit from 25% off of a membership, head to the link in the episode show notes or enter the coupon code DEBRIEF at checkout. Visit businessoffashion.com slash memberships. Thank you.